Welcome to Roll with Adventure, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination from our world to the far off world of Ebris. A land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and of course, magic. We are delighted to bring this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us in this podcast, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Roll With Adventure's campaign of Shadows and Bliss. My name is Cass, and I'm the Dungeon Master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today, our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This episode begins shortly after midday on Weirloom, the 5th of Lyonnais, in the year 1083 PR, in the center of Barrowman's, where our heroes have released the magic imprisoned with the Freyashan and returned it to the denizens of Barrowman's. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember here, we roll with adventure. So, how Dexter should not have each of you been this past week? Okay, I am going to take a plus two because I am growing some herbs in little planters, but I haven't don't really have anywhere to put them except right in front of the door, like the sliding glass door that goes onto the deck. And we have these big, unwieldy cushions that go on our deck chairs. And so today I carried out two of those big, unwieldy cushions, not at the same time, because they wouldn't fit through the door. But I managed to do it without stepping on any of the plants or dropping the cushions or tripping or anything. So I'm very impressed with myself. Good work. Thank you. Uh, School is out, which means that I had all the toddlers all day so i feel like i should get a plus one for dealing with all the toddlers all day but then also i should get a minus one for the way my brain is now having dealt with all the toddlers all day so i'm (laughs) going to just be neutral (laughs) they have reopened the fitness room in my building um and i have returned to working out but you have to sign off you have to sign up for an hour session Mm. a time uh, and one, you can you obviously get one per apartment per day. Anyway, not important to the story. Uh, today, I couldn't. This, today was the first day of this week that I could get my normal time, and of course, today was the day that my normal time was the least convenient because I had a meeting midway Ooh. through that hour. So I needed to get to the fitness room exactly at the time I had signed it out. Anyway, long story short, I got there five minutes early there was no one in there i started working out early and i managed to make it to my 1:30 meeting by 1:32. i was only a couple minutes late and nobody said anything to me awesome. so I, I was very professionally dexterous today and i'm taking a plus one that is wonderful that is fabulous david will not be joining us tonight we'll just have to see what happens to Jovan. but let's see what you roll <gasps> That is a 19, plus 2 is 21. 12! I rolled a 13, which is a modified, which modified is a 14. I'll show yours is mine backwards. Hey! Mirror twins! 
Uh, oh, oh, I go first. Um, hello, my name is Allie. I'm playing Kawari Anakalathi Bo Stukebase, a Goliath Paladin. And today I have a very topical fact to share about Kawari. We are currently experiencing a bit of a heat wave in real life. And the fact that I have to share with you is that Kawari really doesn't like to be too warm. They would be very unhappy right now. They sure would. Uh, my name is Brian. I am at Mind Over Brian on both Twitter and on Twitch, although on Twitch I spell it with a zero. And I am playing Melian Barebone, the changeling barbarian, who typically appears to be a bearded half-elven young man with red hair and a uh, noticeable scar running along his cheek from his upper lip to nick his right ear. Um, I don't have a fun... I don't have a fun fact. Um, what I do have is a fun confession, which is that I'm going to Disneyland soon, and I'm very excited about it. Soon, relatively. Not like soon. Soon. Let's so say you're, you're blowing that Disneyland wad months in advance here, dude. <laughs> yep. Oh, wait, you think I'm only going to get one out of this? <laughs> Every week from now on will be, and I'm going to Disney. Well, so it's, but it's actually happening now. Yes, that is we're, really We're exciting. pretty much at the point where it is genuinely confirmed to be actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very true. That's awesome. I am more than a little jealous. Oh, me too. Hello, I am Sasha. I play Faileth, the half-elven bard who was raised by and can speak to ghosts. Uh, my fun fact about Faileth this week, I figured I would tell you all about Faileth's first encounter with zombies, after it has become uh, obvious how much she dislikes them. Uh, she was in a small little town, and for the first time, things were going really well for her. Uh, she had found a weird old apothecary who let her live in his basement if he tested poisons. Uh, she tested poisons for him. Which was weirdly fun for her. She enjoyed the uh, different side effects and found that she has kind of a scientific mind when it comes to that kind of thing. Everything was going well. She was super happy. Then one day, uh, all of the dead in the graveyards just started rising uh, and attacking the people of this little village. And Faileth, who had been chatting with some of these exact same dead people just the day before, was blamed for raising the dead. Um... And she tried to chat with them and tell them, hey, don't kill the people of this village. I like them. And uh, she discovered that zombies don't listen to her. Uh, neither can she communicate with them. And they ate her old apothecary friend. And she barely escaped. And it was not a fun experience. So she doesn't like zombies. Fair. I think Kawari would have some undead hygiene questions for that town. <laughs> yeah. But, so to this day, she does not know who raised the dead of that little village. I wonder who did. I don't know that we'll ever know, or maybe we will. Maybe I just gave you some plot fodder. You're welcome. Well, now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. I feel good about that. I almost forgot I do that. I almost forgot. I specifically muted myself and paused. Yeah, there was this moment where I was like, why is nothing? Oh gosh, it's me. 
I've missed this. Me too. It has been a while. And it has. I am glad that we're all back together again. Me too. And hopefully the whole crew will be back together again soon. Mm-hmm. Our session begins with the great orb of soul just ever so slightly past its zenith. Its glare a comfort following the pitch darkness of the battle you were part of only mere moments before. Now, sunlight streams down into the small town of Barrowman's, and a cleansing wind blusters down through the whispering pass, carrying hints of lavender and honey, signs perhaps of the maiden's admiration for what has occurred. Perhaps it has been minutes, perhaps it has been seconds, that have passed since the beams of magic streamed from Jovan's form, traveling throughout the town as multicolored bolts, rays of scintillating colors, orbs that shifted size and shape, all searching to find their rightful owners. But for you, Kwari, Melian, Faileth, it has perhaps felt like an eternity. You are all battered and bruised from the fight. And Faileth, your mother has now faded away. Around you, some of the townsfolk seem to stir. Though laying not far from your party, Jovan does not. Quarry with an exclamation of Yovan is gonna run over to him. Is he okay? Oh, I don't know. Quarry uh, will do the like standard field medic check to see like is he breathing? Is he dead? Is he? Give me a medicine check. All right, that is a oh, that's not bad. Uh, net dirty twenty. Yovan is hot to the touch. His pulse is racing. It almost is as if he is fighting a fever of some kind. Hmm. As you sort of pull his eyes back, you can see that his pupils are darting back and forth, and they're dilated. Right. Okay, so I think the first thing that Quarry is going to do is um, lay on hands, and I will... Oh no, is that the first thing I should do? Yeah, he's unconscious. The first thing I'm going to do is lay on hands, and I'm going to give him ten hit points. Your magic sinks into him, and as it does, you feel a pull. Hmm. An almost pulse as all of your lay on hands are pulled out of you and into him. And all of your spell slots as well. Oh. Every ounce of divine power and connection that you have felt pours out of you. Just flashing out of you for a moment. Oh man, okay. Um, I think Quarry is going to flinch away from Yovin in shock. Look up at the, you know, not directly at the sun, because we don't want to injure Quarry's eyes, but look up. The sun's still shining, right? Looking up, everything is almost dim. The sun still shines, but it is not shining as brightly as it was a few moments before. 
But it's not like a cloud's gone over it. No. Quarry... There's not a cloud in the sky. Somewhat desperately will turn to Faileth and Melian. Do you, do you see that? The light. The light has changed. Uh, uh yeah. Uh, what does it mean? I don't know, but my... My, my connection is gone. I... I... I can't... I can't feel... Soul's... Power anymore. I... Hmm. That's not good. This like, is... at all. No. I, I couldn't... I couldn't heal any of you if I wanted to. I, I can't... None of... None of the... Miracles that Soul has blessed me with, I can't... I can't do any of them. Well, shit. I don't know what's happened. I... I don't know. That's... that's not good. You no longer feel the presence of your god. No. I... as soon as I touched Yovan, it was like... It was all sucked out of me, and then... And... and... and the sky is dimmed. Perhaps it is to be transferred to the next to touch him. Touch him again. Uh, okay. Quarry will touch Yovan tentatively. As you touch Yovan and you push against him, you can feel that his pulse has slowed. It is not as fast, and his fever almost seems to be slightly abated. But his eyelids, they still flicker as if there's constant movement beneath them. You don't feel your magic come back but as you are pressing against him and as you're praying you feel distant and dimly that power that connections begin to reform Hmm. but it doesn't come back and fill you Hmm. like it does with the dawn Slowly, I'll take my hands away from Yovan and I'll turn back to Faileth and Melian. It's... It's better. I can feel... Soul is still there, but I... I don't have the abilities that I did. I don't know what's happened, and... Yovan does seem better. He was feverish and had a very rapid pulse, but... He still seems quite ill, but better. Perhaps they are simply expended? Perhaps it is a side effect of the ritual which we have just concluded. Hmm. Yes. Perhaps. I I hope that is all that it is. Yeah, otherwise, you're screwed. Yes. Well, Faileth, they are still a paladin with all the martial skills. Yeah, but isn't connection to your god like your whole thing? That in martial strength. You do not think any less of me, and I have no connection to a god. Yeah, but I don't give a shit about gods. Uh, Quarry will stand up, put a, a hand on Melian's shoulder, and say, Thank you. Oh, sorry, was that insensitive? <laughs> should I be nicer? It's yeah, all... I should probably be less. Quarry, you're definitely gonna get all your god stuff back, and it's gonna be perfect. You got nothing to worry about, and I am not at all nervous about you losing your powers and your whole god thing. <laughs> uh, Corey gives Faileth a bit of a wan smile and says, "Thank you, Faileth." 
You're welcome. Perhaps we should uh, move Jovan um, into the inn and see if uh, any doctors or apothecaries have come to their senses. Rachel? As you are discussing this, you begin to see and hear groans from some of the townsfolk, but not the same types of groans and moans that you heard in the night when they were transformed. This seems more like people with very stiff bodies with that are slowly coming to. People that maybe haven't used those bodies in a while? Maybe. And you see a few people starting to prop themselves up a bit. And the low murmur of, what happened? Names being called, answers. And around you, you see the town begin to come back to life. Work well done. What are you guys going to do? Well, I have a present for a child. Mori is going to pick up Jovan and uh, carry him back to the inn, but then we'll immediately come back out to sort of see what's up with the townsfolk and if they can find anyone useful. Faileth, are you going to run off to try and find Quaylus? Well, I am a bit concerned you, about Jovan, but... Or are you going to follow also... after Jovan? It's fair if you think Quarry's got it handled. Yeah, I feel like Faileth's like, Quarry's got this. I trust Quarry. I'm going to go find Quaylus. Well, you do know where all the children are, but we'll yeah, we that. checked out all their bodies. And specifically, you were one of the few people that only could carry children. Mm-hmm. And you did children and torches. Yes. So, <laughs> you probably know where the majority of the children are actually laying down. But, let's get to that after we have handled Yovan. Melian, where are you going to be? Um... Uh, Melian is trying to avoid having to explain what happened to the townsfolk. So uh, Melian has assumed the shape of just like a random person that doesn't look like an adventurer. And he is like milling about also saying things like, oh, well, what happened to us? Because uh, I don't want to have to be the one to explain <laughs> what's going on. So now there's just a random person that's yeah. half naked? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. It'd be just <laughs> with pants. a big broadsword and a whole yep, bunch yep. of weapons mm-hmm. that looks like they should have nothing to do with them. No, I've thrown like I've thrown like a cloak on. I mean, okay. it's not very effective, <laughs> but it, like I, I now have like a hood up. If they're groggy and such, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they've got bigger fish to fry than this random stranger in their town. Just making every effort not to get involved. So as you're making every effort to not get involved, I. Uh, a cold, knobby hand reaches out and grasps yours as you're sort of milling about. And you see old Natty laying down there, sort of trying to stand up. Please help me up, son. Please. uh, I help her up. Failed to kill me if I didn't. She's my favorite. Do you know what happened? Oh, damn it. Uh... I, I believe some heroes from afar have uh, restored the stolen magic to us, old one. Just like my dream. Perhaps it wasn't a dream. 
there is that young girl. And you see her start to wander off. Uh, there are there are several young girls. They are that way. <laughs> Do you point off in the direction of that Faileth went? Where Faileth went, Or in yeah. a different direction? No, no, the direction Faileth went. So you point off in that direction, and we'll switch over to Quarry. Quarry, as you pick up Yovan, you realize that he has his hands clutched around the Freya Shan. He is holding it very tightly. Okay. And so as you're carrying him, he like he's not letting go of it. Hmm. Once I have him laying down back in the inn, I will attempt to take it from his hands. So before you get there, as you are heading towards the stately elf, someone that is familiar stops you. Looking up at you is Rohan Rowan, the owner of the stately elf. Hmm. This place that you're staying by the Triadrian. Just like in my dream. Uh, Quarry... To save us. Quarry does not stop walking towards the inn and says, I think that we must call the mayor and perhaps some others and all will be explained. Can you bring the leaders of this town? I will. And a doctor. Of course. And as you start to head in, you hear the sounds of him. You... you sounds sort of like maybe he's gotten up on a barrel and is starting to yell over the din that everyone is making. Excellent, excellent. You take him in, and you head to the small house in the back, the one that still pseudo has the windows boarded up and has a hole in the floor. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you... Had to clarify those details. It's been long enough for us that we all might have forgotten them. (laughs) I definitely forgot the hole in the floor. (laughs) And you lay Yovan down. Okay, I will try to take the Freyashan out of his hands. Give me a strength check. And, yeah, give me a strength check. Just straight strength? Yeah. That is a 16. As you are going to grab it. Mm-hmm. Can you please make a constitution saving throw? Oh, at this rate, Melian is going to have to explain everything to everybody. Oh no, guys! I rolled a four! <laughs> so that's, oh, a, that's a seven. That's a seven. Uh, so Good thing I already under, called for the doctor. Just under his breath, Jovan says something, something that you don't quite catch, and you're, you suddenly feel as if there's a moment of momentary loss of strength. You said that you rolled a 16? Yep. It's a 10. Hmm. Hmm. And you suddenly feel like almost that little bit of strength you try to pull flows out of you briefly for a moment. But as you pull back, it quickly returns. Mm, okay, I'm gonna stop touching Yovan. He's cursed. Okay. And Yovan is just, he's muttering under his breath now. Mm. Valkar, Grashkas, Sendrik, Dajva, Zatstilk, Rikrik, language you don't understand but over and over again quickly 
Hmm, okay, that's not good. But uh, he's about as comfortable as I can make him, so I will head back out to where I left the owner of the stately elf. As you head out, Melian, you've seen Rowan stand up on a barrel, and he's been slowly pulling people into order. He's been calling out to the mayor, uh, and he's been calling out to a few other of the local individuals that are in a bit more of a... How do I say? A, a leadership state. And you see that he's called up a priest, but the priest seems to be really confused, and he's like, he's staring at his hands. And he keeps saying that he can't, that he, he, he's, he can't, he'll be of no help. That, that he needs to pray. He, something is very wrong. Uh, I edge towards him and mention that I have I have heard the paladin speak of lacking their connection to Saul or perhaps feeling something similar. He, he looks at you and says yes. It ah, well the paladin it, found that touching it all the other man reaffirmed their connection. Perhaps I we could. should head into the inn, and you can also lay your hands upon the savior of pheromones. I I can feel the connection, but any miracle, any any potent power that I would have been granted to provide aid has is, is as if it's been ripped from me. But if truly, if this will re return that to me, then yes, please lead the way. Uh, Melian <laughs> gets a puzzled look because now he's like, well, I don't know if this is actually going to do the thing that I thought it would do, but I, I'm playing this town's person part to the hilt, so I'm like, oh, there, he's, he's in the inn, so follow me, I guess. Your honor, father, guy. He says that he is Father Gerhard and that he has been administering to this town equally devoted to each of the triadrian. This is the first time he's ever felt like the connection of to his god has just up and vanished. The triadrian you're saying? Oh, I, I found something recently that may help to reestablish your connection to them. And Melian will dig in his bag and pull out that absolutely gaudy bejeweled holy symbol that he accidentally stole from the <laughs> from the mon monastery and he's like uh here perhaps this will help he'll hold it and he'll go this this truly feels as if it is a a potent and powerful relic i can feel it radiating its power truly i i just thought that it would sell for for, for much money but if it, if it is a valuable item then i i entrust it to you oh th th thank you and he'll 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 put it around his neck on the chain. And as you guys are coming in, is when Kawari has sort of like just recoiled back from the uh, stone from the Freya Shan. Ah, uh, you see there, there's the paladin of whom I spoke. Uh, perhaps you would consult with them. Holy sister, this unfamiliar man uh, says <laughs> that. 
This momentary and puzzled expression crosses the priest's face, as if... This is the priest of this town. He knows everyone. He's slightly confused. Uh, this man, he says that I... That... That... That, that, you, that you have felt your connection... To the Triadrian Wayne. Is this true? Yes. Yes, I don't know... What has caused it, but my... All of my... Abilities, anything... Any gifts that have been granted to me by soul, I cannot exercise. I feel soul is still there, but I have no power. He puts his hand against his chest and goes, I do feel. I, 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 I can feel that Hime is there. She often answers my prayers first. But... It was as if every ounce of grace was ripped from me. Yes. For me as well. Your companion said that when you touched this man, your power was returned. Is that true? Uh, no, just that they had felt the, the touch of Saul again. Yes. For a moment, it was if my connection to soul was lost as if soul was no longer there but when i uh, when i touched my companion yovan i felt my connection return but my powers have not returned with my connection and my connection feels faint i i would describe my connection as faint as well there is much that remains to be explained, and many things that I do not know, but I was hoping to speak with the leadership of the town to explain what has happened so far, at least as far as I am able to explain it. Then you, you know what has happened and has transpired. You can explain it to us. I do not know what has happened to our connection to our gods, but everything that came before I believe I have at least some explanation for. The nightmares that have plagued my flock. Yes. Please. This way. Rowan is gathering them. And while you are heading out towards the town square, let us flip over to Faileth. Faileth, you dodge between people. As they are slowly getting up and as they're milling about, as you quickly make your way down one of the side streets towards where you have... Laying out the children. As you begin to approach, you can see that most of the children are hugging their parents, that mothers and fathers are crying. There are sounds of joy. And as you look about, you recognize all of them from your child armada. You recognize Colas, Quay, Joran, Tremor, Perig, Aoda, Carol, and young Yona. Oh, it's Yona and Quaaludes. That's it. Those are the only ones I remember. Ugh, <laughs> oh, so Faileth watches the mothers and children embrace with tears and goes, oh, sentiment. They're doing a doing a lot of weird things with their arms. You almost feel as if your mother's presence is draped over you like 
like the parents as well. Ugh, and can you, you believe her... them, Mum? <laughs> Look at them, they're a bunch of saps. I almost lost you. Yeah, but you didn't. Besides, if I died, it'd be fine. I'd just join you on the other side and we'd be ghosts together. You almost can feel the smile. But at the same time, a bit of sadness in the background. I hope that you don't die for a very long time. I mean, I am an elf, so unless someone kills me, which, let's be honest, is very likely, um, then I'll be fine. Right, time to find Quaaludes and give him the shiny thing for his mum. I head over to Quay. As you are heading over to Quaaludes, you can hear him talking about a beautiful dream he had of a young pixie-like girl that, with magic and power, who could speak to the dead, who s played games with them in the, his dreams and in his nightmares, who promised that she would save them. And he's saying that she must have done it. Heck <laughs> yeah, I did! It. <gasps> he turns. His eyes I'm a big damn hero! Wide. His eyes go as wide as saucers. And he, he just looks at you and goes, Miss Faelith! And then In he the flesh! Jumps at you and just wraps his arms around you in a hug. And as he does, he <gasps> screams your name and you hear the other children start to pick it up. And you are dogpiled. No, don't touch me! No! No! Oh, so many little fingers! Help! Okay, I start like awkwardly patting them. In the way of someone who is incredibly unused to physical contact. Like, okay, alright, hello children, hello child army. Thank you for helping us do the thing. Isn't it great that you're back in your bodies? Super helpful, lovely. Get off me before I have a panic attack. You saved us, you saved us! Uh-huh! <gasps> Yay! Yup! Mm-hmm! Uh, she very seriously considers using magic on them. Okay, mm oh, Quaaludes! Quaaludes, get them off me and I'll give you your present. <gasps> present! Present? Really? You have a present? <gasps> you yeah. remembered your promise. Oh, ne I His never eyes break going a even wider, his lip trembling, and he starts oh. to tear the other children off of you. Like a oh, vicious, rabid animal. Oh, I, I, we don't hurt them. They're just sweet wee things. I, I don't, the touching. I don't love the touching. Ah, uh, but that's not their fault. They're sweet little darlings. Hello, children. Okay, um, here, look what I found, just like I said. And I pull the little pendant out. Which pendant? Uh, not the cool one that turns me into rocks. Okay. The, like, the cheap one that I specifically picked up for uh, Quaalude's mom. Okay, let me just check. I want to re-pull up my document. Was it the, was it, was it a cheap pendant that you picked up? Or was it I think, or like a little necklace, or so I think. <sighs> Wasn't I it? think it was something from Veter's the... Crypt. Oh, right. The, uh, there was a, he had a small silver bracelet with an emerald in it. So it right. Was, it was green and glittery, just like the gem he talked about. How did I forget that? Yes, you are totally right. For some reason I had it in my head that I bought one from Nona. No, that is that her from name? From Natty. Natty. You'd but, gotten uh... the necklace from Natty, and then you'd gotten some marbles. Right, marbles! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll give Yona the marbles. Oh, 
She'll be so happy. She'll be able to play marbles with the other kids. Yeah. You'll corrupt them and they'll start gambling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I give the emerald bracelet to Quaaludes and then I go, Yona, heads up! And I toss her the bag of marbles. Share those. She catches them and she holds it up to the light and you can see how they refract light. And the one that she's holding up is a nice, pure, clear refracting the tiniest of rainbows onto her face. Oh, oh God. Ah, uh, Yona, Yona, watch out! And I, like, fully tackle her and, like, rip the bag from her and throw it away. It's cursed! They're cursed marbles! <laughs> the parents are looking at you with this look of admiration and incredulity? <laughs> the marbles had a terrible curse on them! The rainbows! Rainbows are important! But Miss Faileth, rainbows are pretty. They lie! They wrap themselves in beautiful colors just to trick you into a full sense of submission! The rainbows. Oh. So they want okay. You yeah. Just be careful. Okay. You never know what's coming when a rainbow rears its ugly head. Okay. You see her, she goes around with the bag and she starts to pick them up and put them in and a few of the parents come over to you and go our children tell us that you're part of the group that saved us yep i got the torches praise be to the triadria you they didn't do anything sent by the gods <laughs> you see one of the mothers sort of back up a little bit and she makes a warning sign with her hands <laughs> and another pats you on the head and says the gods work in mysterious ways. I've heard that ways. one before. And I, she looks at uh, the one who's doing the warning sign and gives her like a really big wink. Like, yeah, you got it right. That's what I'm used to. Please, are you and your party staying in town? Nope. H have you stayed in town at all? Uh, yeah, well, we were saving you. Please, let us pick up your tab. Oh, cool. Sure. I mean, I don't deal with any of that sort of stuff. I would probably have just snuck out a at night, but, uh, I'll, uh, come with me and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll find Melian. I think he does money things. If Melian doesn't do money things, then Quarry will. Quarry definitely does many, money things. They're very much a money sort of person. And a paying for the things you use sort of person. The parents, they ask you a few questions and the kids are all basically like a semicircle that is formed around you. None of them are touching you, but they're all following you. This I can handle. But you do notice little Yona every once in a while reaches out towards your hand as if she wants to take it. Uh, after the second or third time, Faileth will grab it back. Yona gives you the biggest smile. And oh, I hate it, but I love it so much! You and your group are arriving just back in town as it seems like the town square has quieted down. A few moments before the town square has quieted down, the... Leaders of the town have gathered in front of have gathered in front of the disguised Melian and the visible quarry. They have introduced themselves. They seem to be the owners of some of the major businesses. Uh, the apothecary has gone back to uh, work uh, to look over Yovan. Uh, Natty has also come back. She seemed to have apparently not found Faileth. Maybe she took the wrong street. <laughs> Uh, do I see her? Yeah, she's standing over on the other side, over by Kawari, and 
a guy that is carrying all of Melian's gear and sort of looks like someone he's changed into before. <laughs> You've seen many faces of Melian. Nadi! Melian! Hello! I found the child army in the life! Oh! It's you! She's How are your young... feet? Her eyes just go wide and she smiles. You remembered! And she'll start um, shuffling yeah. over towards you. You keep feet in boxes! It's bloody brilliant! The parents around you are looking at you concerned. And they're looking at Natty concerned now. Have you not seen Natty's feet? That's amazing. You can hear two of the mothers discussing back and forth like that. Well, Natty generally doesn't wear shoes, but I I didn't know her feet were that amazing. Do you, do you think they're magical? Like, are, are they causing anything? And, and there's this weird conspiracy theory beginning to brew in the background. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but while Natty's making her way across, uh, the village is calm comes into a quiet calm as a man who identifies himself as Lord Mayor Reese Bloomfield. The mayor and acting lord of Barrowman's. Well, the guesses are away. Hmm. He calls the village to quiet and a few moments before he had asked Quarry, he had asked you to explained to the town what had happened, that they would have many questions for you. Oh, good. Please explain to them and that he would, that they would be very grateful for it because it would likely reduce the amount of times you would have to repeat yourself over that. <laughs> Fair. Man, how do I... Please. Okay, so there are these guys in robes, and there was a green stone, and we fought some things, and some other stuff happened, and then Jovan did a thing, and then we did a thing, and then it was fixed. <laughs> um, Quarry smiles and says, Yes, as my companion says, you were the victims of a cult who cast a powerful spell that caused the nightmarish existence that you have lived for some time. We were brought here, I believe, by the Maidens. And when we found what had happened to you, we decided that we would do what we could to help you before we moved on. I thought we were trapped here. Yes. Yes, we were. We were all trapped here. We went to the Tenorian Abbey, and you will find some of the children there, but I am afraid their parents are no longer... They have, um... Died! <laughs> they are with Ashen now. Um... Is that right, Cass? Would that be, like, lore correct? Yeah, you could say they are wish Ashen now, or they've gone to the ladies' book. Oh, okay. Yes. They kicked it! They beefed it! They have died and <laughs> joined the bleeding choir invisible. Faileth, that's probably enough. <laughs> okay, uh, while we oh, were... <laughs> um, wow, that's a, that, that one girl is sure 
using a lot of alliteration. While we were at the Abbey, we found the gem that was containing your spark, your magic. And our companion, Jovan, found a way to release it. But unfortunately, he seems to be quite ill now. And he is resting in the inn. I am sure you have many questions. And I will do my best to answer them. As you are saying this, and as Faileth brutally uh, finishes portions of your sentences... The scent of lavender and honey intensifies, and the statue of the maidens in the center of Barrowman's, it begins to briefly glow, and suddenly there are two of those mm-hmm. beautiful wooden sculptured women, our flesh. They look out towards you. Melian, Faileth, Kwari, you can see this, but it does not seem that any of the townsfolk do. Hmm. Though, Faileth, from where you are, you can see Natty's eyes go wide. Can you see them too? Briefly, voices that you assume may be Gunborg and Janice's voices in a much younger echo briefly in your mind. We thank you. We thank you for what you have done. That you have changed and saved our guardians. Our charge. Our wards. Thank you. And they return back to wood. After that brief moment, questions begin to rise up from the crowd. And after about an hour of questions, the leaders of the town begin to quiet people down again and call for more order. A continued buzz and hum fills the air as people question back and forth, and the leaders of the town seem to converge and discuss for a bit, and Rowan comes forward, as well as the owner of the captain's cask, and they say that both of the tap rooms will be open all night, and that if any if everyone could bring a small small bit of food they would make it a town feast. Town feast, yes! Probably at some point, Quarry very apologetically was like, super sorry, we burned all your furniture. Sorry, your floor has been torn up. Uh." Melian's like, you are opening the tap rooms. I was one of the heroes. It was me. I helped. (laughs) He did. He was very useful. Over the next couple of hours, you are whisked back and forth, conversations buzz around you, many people come up. They shake your hands, Melian, now that you've outed yourself. They come up and (laughs) shake your hands, they thank you. Some of them ask to see your weapons, even. 
Faileth, the children basically stay around you. They continue to constantly chatter and talk. Uh, they and they are and they begin to play games quite quickly while the adults begin to get things ready, going back and forth to houses, grabbing small things, mostly going into the stuff that would be non-perishable for tonight's feast. And within a few hours, a few tables have been put out around the town square between the stately elf and the uh, captain's cask and it looks like a feast will soon begin. But near the end of this, while this is going on, Natty approaches your group. You say that the young master is unwell. Yes. Yes, he is quite ill. Touching him, he seems almost to have a negative magical effect that, that can suck things from you. That is very concerning. Yes. She she pats a large satchel that she's brought along, as well as a uh, what almost looks like a a briefcase or carrying case of some kind. I've brought my tinctures and my tonics. Thank you. If Enjoy there's... this night. I will sit with him and do what I can to relieve his suffering and coax him back to the waking world. And she shuffles past you and sets up next to Jovan. If any of you check on them throughout the night, you'll find that Natty has set up a large array of various tinctures, a mortar and pestle with bundles of herbs. She's laying a poultice of some kind across his chest, has hung a few bundles around his bed, and seems to be feeding him little bits of uh, a very thin broth and water. Uh, every second drink that Melian takes over the night, he comes in with a mug and pours a bit of it out on the, on the ground and announces very loudly, I'm pouring one out for the hero of Barrowman's. Because Melian understands that reputation is important. When you do that, are you like pour like are you just like standing up and pouring it out, or are you like walking over to where he like towards where he is and then pouring it? I'm out? not gonna. Yeah, or I'm not are gonna you going it. all the way in there and pouring it into the hole? <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, he just makes sure that people know that he's pouring out some of his drink for Yovin every second one. I'm sure that Yovin will love the notoriety later. <laughs> that does seem like his style. As dusk begins to approach, as the light of soul slowly begins to slip from the sky, the tables have been set, and a jaunty tune has been struck up by a few local minstrels. As you can hear a buzz, it sounds almost as if a bounty from the forest was offered up that a few men had quickly wanted to go out into the woods to see if they could get a, some close game that maybe had started to come closer to the village while everyone slept. And they had found multiple baskets woven 
with intricate knots, laden with various jars and preserves, fresh vegetables, and even a haunch of venison hanging from a newly grown tree, perhaps a bounty from the maidens. As such, as you begin this meal, you are greeted with many different foods. It is village fare, but it is given with gusto, and it is plentiful. You don't have the spices that you would find in a city, but you do have the ingenuity has been passed down. You see mothers feeding some of their children. As the feast continues, there is dancing. What you eat this night is mostly braised venison, some very quickly thrown together bread that's been fried, a soup of root vegetables, And to top it off, some small, thin, slightly sweet, almost a cross between a scone and a cookie that have been drizzled with honey. And yes, Faileth, you can eat as many of them as you want. Oh, thank you, gods that don't exist! (laughs) As the night continues, you're asked many different questions. To Melian... You are asked by mostly some of the the hunters. You're asked about what kind of monsters you fought, how you killed them. They hang onto your every word as as you give whatever kind of answer. Uh, Melian has low charisma, so he doesn't tell a story about it. He just gives them very matter-of-fact, like there were zombies, and then uh, undead, and then uh, there there were some men that was bad. Uh, there was some other black mage. We killed him pretty easily. Meanwhile, over at Fay, let's see. And then the zombies came out! And they were terrifying! And I was like, I'm not afraid of ye zombies. And it turned out you were the zombies! And you were horrible, but I was brave. And I did not scare of you! And then we fought a thing! And it was dramatic and brilliant! As the night goes on, there is other entertainment... Beltane comes out and he sits and he tells the sto- again the story of the founding of Barrowman's. And he says that now Barrowman's has another tale. The tale of the saviors who brought back the spark. Make sure you spell my name right. It appears that he does not read from anything. It is purely by memory. I mean, Faileth also doesn't know how to spell her name, so it's all good. <laughs> She just heard a, a bard once complaining about how they spelled his name wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and now that is forever her admonishment to anybody who says they'll remember. And anytime I am, oh, how do you spell your name? It's like, well, there's a fee and then a left. <laughs> and then they nod. Mm-hmm. You hear from some of the parents that appear to be expecting that your names have perhaps been put in the running for future generations. Well, little Kawaris and Faleths and Millions and Yotans running around. 
Make sure you spell my name right. I want to come back and meet my little namesakes. And the night is good. Corey has two questions to which they would be seeking an answer, either during the day or or during this evening feast. Shoot away. Okay, first question, and probably they're going to, like, I imagine start with the mayor. Um, the first question is, what is Barrowman's protecting for the maidens? He looks perturbed by your question. Ah. Yeah, way to make it sound very unsuspicious. <laughs> I mean, I just want to know. Corey is curious like that. I mean, if he looks perturbed, Quarry would be like, oh no, you don't, it's fine. If it's if it's between you and them and you are not meant to tell outsiders, then do not tell me. Uh, and then he sort of just, he pauses. And he looks at you and goes, we don't exactly guard anything for them. It is more that we care for them as they care for us. Ah, I understand. We will offer them prayers and seek out their guidance and wisdom. Just as we will seek out the gods. And though some may call us heathens for it, our village has always been protected, and it is most assuredly by their hand that you were brought here. I absolutely agree with you. My other question is, as you can imagine, there is some urgency with which we must return to Dwemer Hollow, not the least of the issues that we must bring to the attention of the council there is the fact that Barrowman's is now without a garrison, and Lady Gessa should be informed of what has happened here. I'm wondering if you have horses or a wagon or something that you could loan us for our journey. We could perhaps send it back with the garrison. Uh, it, with anybody that they send to help you defend. We can most assuredly provision you. Uh, in fact, I have spent a portion of the preparation writing a letter, and he reaches into his pocket and pulls it out and hands it to you. And it is sealed mm -hmm. uh, with a little seal that shows a tri-parted uh, crest. Mm -hmm. And on each of it, of the three parts... There is a deer, a bear, and a squirrel. Mm -hmm. And he hands it to you, and you can see on the other side that it is uh, for Lady Gassa. We will most assuredly provision you and provide you with appropriate mounts. Though I must ask, I did look in on your companion, and he does not look like he can be moved. I agree. I am at a loss for what it is that we can do with him. I don't wish to burden you with his presence, and yet, so as you say, he cannot be moved, and he does require care. As if with almost preternatural luck, you hear a slight shuffling behind you, and you see Natty standing there. Mm-hmm. You have done much for us. The least that I can do. And she looks out to everyone. The least that all of us can do is to ensure that he is safe 
and well cared for. Now that magic has returned, we can most assuredly tend to him. Thank you. If you will send us word of his condition while we are in Dwemer Hollow, I would greatly appreciate it. Of course. Look to the black crow with two white feathers upon his left wing. He shall bring word from me. Thank you. Thank you very much. And she shuffles off to return. The mayor looks at you and says, Until Beltane had titled his newest epic to be about the saviors who had restored the spark, I had not thought of something. I will return shortly. Corey looks and deeply puzzled. And he excuses himself. And you see him disappear, heading off up the road as if heading towards the noble manor in Upper Barrowlands. Corey has a moment of anxiety about the shadow monster thing that's <laughs> meant to be preying on the, the mayor's people, but then realizes that's, that's not, it's okay, it's not a problem anymore. Time passes. There is much merriment. No, it's barriment. There's much barriment. I couldn't help it. <laughs> imagine that I'm glaring at you. <laughs> I don't have to imagine it. You can feel it through the walls. You can feel it through the walls. What would each of you do to pass the time? Quarry, I forgot to mention that while Melian and Faelith are getting asked about how things have gone, you are also getting asked questions about and asked to re-explain it and expand in more details. I try to make it not too grim, but when speaking like when speaking to the general townsfolk, but when speaking to anybody in authority, Quarry is probably putting emphasis on the need to be, you know, careful, looking out for cultists, what the what the signs of the cult of bliss are that they should be aware of, and, and how how they can report them, and um, things like that, to try to keep them safe from anybody following up on what might have happened to their comrades. Have you seen your children wearing black robes? <laughs> Do they have a half-lidded eye? Are they not coming home as early as they used to, missing <laughs> meals without telling you? <laughs> Yep. Then you should contact the Church, the of, Soul. Church of Soul. With a capital S that rhymes with S that stands for soul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, you got trouble, my friends. As the evening continues, Old Beltane makes sure to talk with each of you to get your perspectives on the story. He also asks you about what you know about Jovan's part, and do any of you tell him what you think happened. First of all, Quarry loves this and tries to get him to make sure he gets all the details of the Cult of Bliss rites that everybody will have memorized how to watch out for them and how to, like, deal with them. Faileth would be happy to tell everyone what Yovan did. For sure. <laughs> so, Faileth, what do you tell Beltane that Yovan did? Right, so it wasn't there, but we had to fight all these things. So what I'm pretty sure happened is that Jovan went into, like, his own brain and had to, like, fight the shadows of his dark and twisty past. 
and like there was probably like a lot of cool guys there and they had like conversations about stuff and then the manifestations of Jovin's inner demons were outer demons and manifestations to us that we then killed with swords and magic and stuff. And that's why they just poofed and disappeared sometimes. And then... Beltane is committing it. He's committing everything you say to memory. Every word. And then, I'm pretty sure that Jovan had to face the dark version of himself. And he won! But it came a great cost! Because First now... First to navigate the water dungeon to get the Yes! And... And he had to, to, like, swing the sword at just the right time, or it was going to get counter ten. Sometimes you just really need to use Din's fire, because he can't dodge that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Beltane's version of this story is going to be very interesting. Whatever it is Faileth says, Quarry's like, ah, oh, actually, I don't know, never mind. I mean, maybe that's true. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking Melian was also like, wow, alright, yeah. I don't know what I've seen. I, you speak to ghosts, for all I know, you you know more than I do. I know everything. I don't, I know nothing. But I'm very convincing. The night continues, and it is about an hour, maybe an hour and a half later, as many of the people have begun to trickle away, and then there's just a few that... The mayor makes his way back to your party, and he says, This has been in my family for quite a while. My father passed it to me, and I don't know if his father passed it to him, but he told me that it was very important. Presents. And he holds out an envelope. An envelope that looks to be of a very similar gilded look. Quarry frowns, but reaches for it? That's not a present. This is unexpected, but perhaps we should have expected it. Upon it, you can read in a very familiar script to be delivered to those who will save Barrowman's in its darkest hour and restore the spark that has been lost. And inside, you will find... Ooh, who's gonna read it? I know Faileth doesn't read. Does... No, sir! Melian have an interest in... Well, as I recall, Quarry will actively try and avoid reading, won't they? That's, yeah, it's true. So, <laughs> if Melian Man, we would need like to take the... But Quarry will read it. If nobody else, um takes the initiative to read it, Quarry will do it. Before you can really decide on who will be reading the letter, the mayor hands it to Quarry. So Quarry um, will have instinctively reached for the letter because there's that recognition of the handwriting in the paper. Um, They'll open it, scan it, um, frown a little bit, go, hmm, Mm mm-hmm. Uh, and then hand it over to Melian. Uh, Melian will take it and look at it, and then look over at Fela. 
To the saviors of Barrowman's, I salute you. So short the days have been since the beginning of your journey, but here you are celebrated for triumph over one of several schemes. I have foreseen would threaten the peace of the Dwemerlands. Hmm. Punctuation is weird there. Enjoy your rest. You will need it in the trials to come. The time fast approaches that those who threaten this peace will strike. As I can only surmise, you now understand, though without certainty, as my vision is clouded. I assume that you realize you face three separate and distinct threats, though all are connected by an old enemy of mine. Make haste to Dwemer Hollow on the morrow. You must shore its defenses against those who seek to blind it, and all of Westmark to the dangers ahead. Guard well your allies in council. They shall be weakest when turmoil spills to the streets. You are the light that shall pierce the veil. Sorry, pierce, pierce the veil to prepare Dwemer Hollow for the dangers that surround it. You will bring with you the chance of Dwemer Hollow's salvation. While this letter leaves little information to direct your further steps, know that another awaits you in Dwemer Hollow, in the family records of one who offered you employment. Look to the year 939PR. Seek my sign. Guard well your return to Dwemer Hollow. Your path is fraught with peril, but aid shall join you. And it is signed by the one who sent us the original letters, Phil. Huh! Well, well... Hmm. Three separate threats. There is whatever is continuing to waylay uh, Jovan. Whatever got the children. And there are my former companions of the Red Exiles. There is the anti-monarchist, the separatists, the the bandits. Ah, yes, but that does not threaten us. That threatens Summerhollow. Hmm. Oh, oh, perhaps... He meant not simply threats to us. That's bizarre. Agreed. But consistent with the machinations of what I can only assume is some sort of druid character. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Is 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 AB a druid now? No. No, no. I the, we assume that there's a druid. In, I we know there's a druid involved. Yes. There is perhaps the threats are whatever is happening with the missing children, the separatists, and this king of frost or cold or whatever he is. Whatever he is indeed. But at least it is clear that we must make haste back to Dwemer Hollow. Finally. Can we still live in Jovan's house if he's not there? That's weird, right? Did he have keys? Wait, I don't... Why, why would Jovan not be there? Ah. Didn't... They just do the whole thing with them being too weak to move and stuff. Ah, uh, Melian, perhaps you were telling tales uh, to many of these interested villagers, but Jovan is too ill to move. Oh, no. And N- Natty and the villagers, Townsfolk I... Townsfolk will watch for him. Yes, yes, yes they will. Oh. And they will, they will send us word of how he does. Excellent. Well, if we are going to leave him somewhere should be with people who owe us their lives. Yes, Plus, I... Plus, Natty is a stand-up lady. She'll do a good job. I think so. I think we can trust uh, them to look after him. I would not be so certain. I would like my friend returned with his feet. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she wouldn't take them if he was still alive. Faileth, you almost... Can, 
imagine, as if you hear on the wind a quiet, almost whispered message in your ear that goes, If he dies, I'll send you his feet. Oh, thank you, Nutty. See, we got nothing to worry about. Uh, Melian just looks confused, because he did not hear whatever you just heard. And so, see, see, you have made no further point. No, Nutty's wind spirit told me that she'd only send us the feet if he died. Natty's wind spirit. That is not a real thing, Faelith. Yes, it is! I don't appreciate, in this instance, you making up. Melian. Magic. Magic is a thing. familiar with magic. Sometimes people can use it to, like, turn their voices into wind spirits, and then we can hear them talking. Quarry. I have never heard of such (laughs) magic. Very carefully doesn't say, yes, and everybody knows the gods exist too, Faelith. Yeah, give me some proof, please. Doesn't say anything. (laughs) The mayor, as you guys have been talking, says that uh, he will spend the next little bit making sure that provisions and packs are prepared for you and your companions for the return journey. Trent and Master Marsh have also been part of this uh, feast. Old Master Marsh has retired to sleep and rest before the journey ahead. And the mayor says that he's be sure to make sure that you have a wagon and a sturdy draft horse to ensure that the elderly are transported without too much <laughs> issue. Good and good. young Trent is over talking with a few of the younger people from Barrowman's as well. Nice. It seems that he has perhaps taken a fancy to one of them. Oh. Get it, lad. A little romance. Gross. <laughs> As the night progresses further, eventually it seems either appropriate for you to take your leave or you will remain with the few people that may or may not be borderline alcoholics Hmm. who will continue to drink until they have drunk themselves onto the table. Are there still sweets? Roll me a d20. Okay. That's a spanning point. Corey wouldn't... Oh my gosh, are there ever sweet? Holy jeez. There's so many sweets now. Uh, Faelith. Yes? There's enough sweets that as they start to run out, the kids, after they've run out, and you, you they do run out, and you've started, you, you look really sad, and Yona comes up and grabs your hand and puts her finger up to her mouth and then drags you off towards one of the houses and a couple of the other kids follow and in it there's some of the women and a couple of the men that are still doing some of the preparations bringing out making sure that there's still fresh some fresh food coming out for people and one of the kids Colas runs over runs through the kitchen grabs a tray of them and runs out and you and the kids, now with a very large tray of sweets, go hide in some bushes and continue the meeting. And we eat sugar until we all go into comas and spend the night in said bushes. Yes. And it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And the evening draws to a close. Checking back in on Jovan before you go to sleep. Natty says that she'll that she's going to sleep for a few hours, but that the apothecary's wife will sit with Jovan. Mm-hmm. And they've moved him to one of the private rooms. Oh good. 
because his tossing and turning and his muttering is concerning them. Mm-hmm. They don't want it to uh, startle or scare really any of the townsfolk. Mm-hmm. So they keep it to only just a couple of them. The apothecary, his wife, Natty, and a few of the village elders that have determined a sort of roster for taking care of Yovan. Good. And they explain their system and how they'll take care of him and that they will send word. There's a couple different methods that you hear they'll send word. Natty says that there'll be the crow with two white feathers on its left wing that will come to find you. Uh, but there's also the conventional letters that will be heading your way along when trade passes through Barrowlands towards Dwarver Hollow. Uh, they ask for the address, and you give them what address? Do you give them the house on Sapphire Lane or the Temple of Soul? Uh, I'm worried that we won't be able to get back into the house, so Quarry would probably give them the Temple of Soul. Yovan does have a key. Oh, okay, then I'll, I'll give them the address of the house and I'll take the key. But I'll let them know that if he wakes up to know that, like, I took it, but it's okay, he can have it back when he's better. As that conversation comes to a close, it is time for sleep. You can each take a full, long rest. It will be undisturbed. And it'll be quite peaceful. Yay. It's been so long since we've had a proper long rest. Mm-hmm. It's been a very long time since Yovan got uh, that. It's been a very long time since Faileth got a chance to actually go to sleep in bushes like she wants to. Oh, new level spells. Third level spells are here now. And I can use them. <laughs> Additionally, if you are missing any hit dice and your long rest would not bring you to full on your hit dice, there is an almost calming and peaceful touch upon your dreams, and you will refill your hit dice to full. That's Worry. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You do get all of your lay on hands back, mm-hmm. and you do get all of your spell slots back. Oh, thank goodness. Does this... Oh, I, I guess I won't ask you that till the next morning. Never mind. Oof. Um, before Quarry goes to sleep, they'd probably, like, just check in with Carlin, make sure he's still there, make sure he's fine, that he doesn't need anything. When you go to check in with Carlin, you realize you can't find him anywhere. Ah. But you sort of... As you are just worried and freaking out a bit, you, you hear his voice hmm. echo in your mind. And as you hear his voice, uh, and you sort of like spin, you look one way and you go, where is he? And then you turn to look another way. You see a section of the wall sort of shimmer (laughs) and Carlin appears, but it doesn't appear as if it's camouflage undoing itself. It's almost as if he moved from another space to this one. Oh, interesting. For mechanical terms, uh, he, it was as if he was dismissed. Oh. Oh, right, because all my magic went poof. But Quarry thinks he's a real octopus. So, <laughs> where where did you where did you come from? What? What? Where did you go? Yeah, where did where you... do you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Carlin will look at you and go, "Something happened to you, my other half. Then that makes me whole." Yes, you felt it too. The. The, the severing of my connection with soul. I withdrew 
to protect myself. It's very wise. I hope that that's behind us now. I hope so too. We'll be leaving in the morning. Good. Will you... Where will we go? Back to Dwemer Hollow. Will you accompany us? You are the other half that makes me whole. Of course I will. Corey still looks slightly perplexed at this, but nods. The octopus has a crush on you. <laughs> um, yeah, then Corey would probably turn in to try to get that good sleep before our early start. Carlin will take a place of vigil, uh, wrapping himself around one of the, the headboard. Mm-hmm. And he will watch throughout the night over all of you. Except Faileth, who's in a bush. <laughs> I'm loving every second of it. The next morning dawns bright and early. Quarry, you awaken before dawn. Mm-hmm. Carlin taps you on your head until you wake up. <laughs> Cute. Mm-hmm. I will go out and recite the lumen, and does the sun look back to normal? It looks brighter, but you can't be sure. Hmm. It does still look slightly lesser, and it is colder than the weeks before. Mm-hmm. Winter is approaching, mm-hmm. but you're unsure what this means. Does my recitation of the lumen feel any different? No. Okay. You feel soul's radiance fall down upon you. Mm-hmm. The first rays of light touching your skin, renewing your energy... You feel yourself flush with his grace, and your magic slowly return. Mm -hmm. Your lay on hands fill, and your channel divinities return. Oh, good. Faileth, you awaken to a drip of water coming from the base of an icicle that has formed off one of the roofs above you as it begins to melt a little bit. As a drip of water falls and splashes on your nose and then another hits your cheek and then another falls into your mouth. Uh, Faileth takes this uh, as the opportunity to do uh, a little washing because this is absolutely what drips are for. This is the amount of water that should be involved when washing. Amazing. So what do you do for washing? Uh, we'll catch up little drips in her hands, uh, and then just kind of rub them on her face a little. Uh, and if she can get a few more drips, she might also do armpits. Nice. And she is now clean, as far as she's concerned, until, uh, the next rain. The children are huddled in a puddle, basically, around where you were, and you can see that it appears some cloaks and blankets have been draped over them. There was one even draped over you. Uh, Violet finds this very bizarre. Perhaps parents found you. Perhaps others. Maybe a child went and grabbed some sheets. She's a little concerned that she slept through that, but she also ate a great deal of sugar. So... I have an almost tiny bit of a bellyache and a little bit of a headache. Ugh, this is what they see when they indulge too much in the poisons. I see now. But it was so worth it. Ugh, I'll do it again in a minute. You head back to the inn, 
Uh, you can see as you make your way across the town square that there are people that some of the ones that were drinking really late are there's like two that are over in the corner still drinking and talking really quietly that look like they're walking death now and quite a few others that have sunk under tables chairs are snoring on top of them looks like a very raucous party has occurred I know that feeling. Where's my hair the dog? Just as you say that, uh, you are passing in through the inn, and you do see a plate of those cookies you were eating the previous night. Oh, no. But still my beaten stomach. Um, are those breakfast? Not for you, they are not. But, Melian, <laughs> I'm a hero and stuff. Do you think that I did not see the amount of sweets you ate last night? No, because I did it in a bush. You had more? In the bush, yeah. Mmm. It's so good, Melian. I'm going to never get this level of sugar in my body again. I feel so alive and so dead. It's the perfect amalgamation. <sighs> well, I am not your parent. No matter nope. that I sometimes play the role. You're my brother. Indeed. So Brothers in this, are supposed to be fun. In this instance, I will allow you. Allow, he says. Can stop me if I wanted to. I mean, yeah, uh, of course, Melian. You Melian definitely have some control over you. what I eat. Uh-huh. I said, yeah, totally. About your wisdom ah, so and you stuff. Wish to spend the in- so you wish to spend the entire trip back to... Hollow without eating any bacon. I understand. Oh, you're a cold man, Melian Bourbon. A cold, cold man. I forgive you. Well, as you can imagine, Taylor, your forgiveness was of my utmost concern. Yeah, figure. Uh, and then she goes and grabs a cookie. <laughs> but she doesn't eat it. Uh, she squirrels it away in her pocket for later, because she's never not sure when she'll get these again. In fact, she puts as many in her pockets as she thinks she can get away with. As you're doing that, Rowan, the bartender, tavern owner, you see him sort of raise an eyebrow, and you see him put a crock of honey up on the end of the bar. And then he just surreptitiously continues to go and wipe in the other direction, not looking that way. Honey. uh, can I do a stealth check? Oh, go right ahead. Melian will Do I get advantage because he doesn't care if I take it or not? Oh, huh? he is actively ignoring you? Yep. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I rolled a 19 anyway. So that's a 21. I am knight. He definitely tried to catch you in it so that he could shoot a smile at your in your direction, but you come up, you get it, and you get back to the table by the time you see, and you're looking up towards the bar by the time you see him, like, turn and, like, look towards the spot where you should be with a smile, and then, like, this look of confusion comes over his face, and he scans the room, and then he sees you, and then he, he winks at you. I, uh, wink back, and then uh, shove my fist in my hand, which may or may not be covered in honey. I mean, my fist in my mouth. Spoiler alert, Excellent. it is. Well, you guys are able to have a hearty breakfast. You're able to have a nice, thick porridge. Packs have been arranged for you, as well as for Master Marsh, and for young Trent with enough provisions to get you back to, Dw- to Dwemer Hollow. A cart, as well as a horse to pull the cart, 
and two other horses are also provided to your party. After some quiet words that Faileth is not to be trusted with her own animal. <laughs> oh, that's Which nice. I will assume were given following previous horse interactions. What? No. What? And with that, it's a few hours after sunrise that you begin to make your way out from Barrowman's. The last thing that you did was check in on Jovan. It appears that he was resting much more peacefully, that perhaps they'd found a concoction of herbs that were alleviating some of his symptoms. But he still muttered under his breath, and his eyes still flitted back and forth beneath their lids, locked in whatever dream or nightmare or whatever situation charges through his soul. As you leave Barrowman's, many of the townsfolk come out. They wave you goodbye. The children, a few of them, start singing some songs. They call to you. And as you leave Barrowman's, you feel a sort of a pressure build, and then it releases. You see a sort of a thin mist in front of you. And as you cross it, you can almost feel as if some kind of barrier or wall that was pressing down over this place has begun to deteriorate and begins to break apart as you push through it. In front of you is a sign that reads a distance towards Dwemer Hollow and a direction, as well as another sign that points towards Barrowman's and another that points up into the Whispering Pass and those villages that lay beyond it. As you begin to take this path, heading down into the Darkling Forest, we will end tonight's session. Thank you for listening to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe for future episodes, rate us where you get your podcast, and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can write us at dm at rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, Purple Planet Music, and Arcane Anthems. Full credits are in the episode description. To minimize the amount of background noise, can you mute yourself, Sasha, while you're not talking? So that I'll just turn the AC off now that we're actually starting. Oh, so quiet. That went really quiet. Yeah, I was just <laughs> delaying the inevitable removal, turning off of the AC until I absolutely had to. Fair. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'll survive. First I was afraid I was petrified. The Phantom of the Brian is here inside my mind. The yes. Phantom of the Kitchen. Ah! <laughs>
I'm so glad I'm recording. <laughs> Sing for me! My angel of kitchen! Brian, that's your cue. <laughs> A phantom of the Beware the phantom of the opera. Let's let Faith turn off her air conditioner. <laughs> Figured I had a break, I'd be cool. Yes, that is fantastic. Oh, come on. You're always cool. Aw, <laughs> Brian! So true. My god, you guys. You're gonna make me get a big head. <laughs> oh, your head's always big. Oh, sorry, wait, man. <laughs> no, my head is freakishly small for the rest of my body. I can wear toddler hats. I'm gonna take a drink. Yeah. <laughs> I am here to Wait. interrupt the solemnity of your role play with my banal humor. You're welcome. I was doing a fine job of that, thank you. Mm-hmm. But your humor isn't as banal. I have to say, it's I more am. More esoteric, for sure. Yeah. So much enjoying poor Melian's constant involvement in things it's when so he was trying so hard not to be. I feel like if he had stayed Melian, he would have gotten less involved. Yeah, but what fun with that? None at all. It's just very funny. Sorry, I opened it. <laughs> It's small on the screen, in my oh. Discord screen, so I opened it in, because you can click the open original button, mm-hmm. but it opened in my clean feed um, oh. window, which it, I've made small, so I, it was even smaller in the original, <laughs> and also this is now. 